0: Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! Yay! It's the Fizzle Show, where every week you turn in, tune in, and turn in, if you'd like, if you're into that sort of thing, to uh, some honest entrepreneurs talking about what it's like to honestly entrepreneur in this time, honestly, because we got more tools on the internet than ever before. We've got access to freaking billions of people globally. If you have an idea that can spread, if you have an idea that spreads like just in your local environment, you can use the internet, the tools of the internet as your superpower to actually get your stuff in front of other people, such that they go like, oh my god, I want that, click, purchase, and now you've got a business, right? But it's not easy. You don't just like wake up and start doing this, right? You have to pay attention. You have to learn how these systems work. You have to learn how people operate online. You have to learn how the the masses swarm around ideas and uh, and how ideas get, uh, get taken up and get big and, and stuff like that. And we're not just talking to people who are coming up with the next great big idea. We're talking to people who are like craftsmen and women of... Of some sort of topic, right? So, in the same way, you would hire a cabinet maker. This, like, you know, an amazing old man in Carhartt pants with like knobby fingers (laughs) who's been making (laughs) things out of wood for years and years and years. You would hire him to uh, to put together your cabinets. Well, you might hire uh, Janice to help you put together a course that you want to make, or you might hire um, Steph to help you figure out uh, how what your goals are. and what you want uh, to be working on in the next season, or you might hire Steven to help you put together your Facebook advertisements for some of your things. These are all jobs I'm talking about. Steph and Janice and Steven, like like they're entrepreneurs, and you're an entrepreneur too. If you if you become one of these, you know, freelancer types that eventually can easily, not necessarily easily, but but pretty easily, turn into an info pro, uh, product of some kind, like a, a course where now I'm teaching you how to do it. Anyways, there's this whole path of digital entrepreneurship. I guess, Corbett, that's really what we should call it. Digital di- entrepreneurship. Digital entrepreneurship. Because that's really what it is. I mean, this isn't just like, it's for most of us, we're not putting products in stores. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of, like, there are a lot of makers out there. It's there funny, right? Yeah, yeah. I always struggle with that. Like,
1: whether we're talking about online entrepreneurship or digital entrepreneurship, I think we are. And, and pretty much every business that we're dealing with has an online component. But
0: not all of them are 100% online. There are some products. We have friends that actually make things. Right, there's the make, but one of the things we're not is we're not talking about venture-backed entrepreneurship at all. No. We're not talking about you need a bunch of money to be able to to put this together we're not talking about go raise money go get a board of directors go this that and the other there's a lot of businesses and, and ideas and things where you have to do that you know th- we're not talking you don't have to do that with a vast majority of business ideas yeah. right yeah. and a lot of people are just coming online to that fact and realizing like dude you can be a farmer just like if you had land you could farm that land with your own garden stuff well now you have the internet and the question the internet is, is like your land it's, it's, it's an yeah. unlimited amount of land it is. And so what's your garden? What's what's the garden that you want to grow? Um, and I think that is the suitable metaphor because you can feed yourself from your garden and you can feed other people from your garden and you can make valuable product from your garden. Or not so valuable product. Today, I don't know if you saw
1: this tweet that I, uh, I crafted carefully, but um, mm-hmm. there's a guy, there's a couple of guys who play music with rubber chickens and... Um, they're really, really good.
0: I don't know no, why this not. made me so. They're <laughs> no, so they're good.
1: Not. This guy played. No, not. He played Paca Bell's Canon, the uh, full what? yes, with a full four part round with multiple rubber chickens. With he he laid down each round, listened to it, and then laid down the next round. And he has exquisite control over this rubber chicken.
0: No, exquisite. No, no, no. Yes. Hold on. I'm turning it on right now. You gotta I'm watch turning it this. on right now. Hold on. Oh, what? Oh my God, it's one rubber chicken. Yes. That he's squeezing to make different no- notes come out of. Yeah, every kind of note. Oh, he has such ama- amazing control over the. Exquisite <laughs> notes control. That are coming out. <laughs> it sounds so
1: terrible. <laughs> it <laughs> but well, but so it gets better too. when the it's full like, <laughs> orchestra of chickens is
0: going. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, and then he adds. Oh my god, he adds multiple tracks. This is amazing. Yeah. Okay, you guys gotta go to Corbett Barr's Twitter account <laughs> and find Pockle Bell's Canon in C chicken. <laughs> in C chicken. <laughs> Two set violin. Gosh, uh, that's amazing. So point, point being,
1: you know. There's something for everybody out there.
0: Yeah, that and now now this is like 85,000 retweets, 144,000 likes. Oh, okay. And and that's just getting started. I don't think that tweet's very old. It's gonna go. Now, and look at, okay, so like, what's the the, the name of the thing is Two Set Violin, right? Which looks like it's these two dudes who uh, have a YouTube channel, okay? Yeah. And they're making stuff on Twitter video now as well as on YouTube. And they do like, you know, beginning music student stuff. That's what their first video is. Like, so they're, they're like teaching you how to play music, but then they're doing all this fun, crazy stuff as well. Yeah. All right. (laughs) This is the garden of the internet. (laughs) This is the garden. A garden of delights. Oh my God. I love it. And so. Which brings us to the point of today's show. First of all, Steph Crowder can't make it today; she's on vacation. We wish you well out there, Steph. Enjoy yourself. So it's just Corbett Burr, Corbett Burr, famous internet entrepreneur, and me. And uh, today we are talking about something that actually is really interesting. We're talking about realistic tactics for building a business. I'm gonna hold on. I need to hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna relax a little bit. I don't know why I was getting so excited, getting so worked up. Bring it down. I was getting worked up. The chicken really got me down. The chicken really got me going. I would burn out if I kept at that level. All right. So realistic tactics for building a business while you're working. Okay. Here's the gist. Here's what we realized. It's really easy for people like corbett and myself or pat flynn or pam slim or amy porterfield or anyone else that you listen to about business it's really easy for us to talk to you about how to build a business because we've got 60 hours a week or plus to work on our businesses right people who are working full-time on their own business who have made that shift it's a very different category of living You really do get to choose what you do with your time. You really are responsible (laughs) for if you don't choose wisely. Do you know what I mean? It's like this whole new world. However, before any of us got to that world, we were building some for at least for some time something as a side project while we had some other job. You know. So, the question really is for most of us listening to the fizzle show who aren't full time entrepreneurs yet, how do we actually work on our business when we have a full time job and today, we have like we have about ten i'd say tips, some of them ones that are gonna be really kind of aggressive and challenging for you that you probably really need to hear that when Corbett started talking I was like ooh that's that's interesting to think about that kind of shift and life shift and and in the context of like no it's more possible right now than it was last year to do that to do this particular thing there's some of these that are like oh that's exciting that can shift things around massively and can give you a lot more room to work on your business and it's kind of a good time right now speaking in terms of the you know the the global economy to do it so i don't know Exactly how we're going to get started. Besides, just I want to reiterate that point. That like, listen, everybody that you hear talking about doing a business, uh, here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. Just pay attention to the fact that most of us are talking about that. We've forgotten. We've completely forgotten what it was like to. I mean, I've been building a business full time now for over five, like I think almost six years. When I was working as a as a graphic designer full time, probably for at least a year and a half before I got started with Fizzle. Yeah. And so it's like we're like almost 7 years out from when I was working on the side doing something.
1: Yeah, and my my last job was in 2005. So, it's been a <laughs> while. But yeah. but let me let me make a just a quick additional point there which is you know, we were talking earlier, you were saying how you don't need to raise venture capital to build a business anymore, which is no. which is awesome. I I remember there was a time where it felt like in order to build a business you had to secure a loan of some sort or get some kind of financing from a bank or something, right? You had to have angel financing or something, whether or not it's venture capital. But even for smaller businesses, it felt like you had to have a loan. It also, I think for a long time felt like you had to quit your job to go do this business, right? It's Hmm. like an all or nothing proposition. Like either I'm working a job or I'm building a business. And that's no longer true. We know so many stories of people who got started on a side project and then eventually you know they were able to take the training wheels off and that's when you quit your job. In fact, for a lot of people, I think quitting your job is the wrong move because yeah. it puts such enormous stress on you when you're watching your your bank totally. account dwindle. Totally. And it takes so long to figure out how to make a business actually work. Like you may need to go through three iterations before you get this thing to work. And I don't want to like pop anybody's bubble or whatever, but that's just the truth. You know, we've all been entrepreneurs for a long time and thinking back on how little we knew, right? Six or eight or 10 or 15 years ago, whatever. Totally. It's astounding. So quitting your job is not necessarily the best move. That's a good thing because it Mm -hmm. means that you don't have to risk you know, your savings, you don't have to risk, uh, burning a bridge with a great career that you've already built. Yep. You can start working on something on the side. But the reality of that is it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard to get a business off the ground working
0: evenings and weekends. And you know and, what I think of, I think of, I think of, it's like, well, here's how I need to, you to switch, switch your mind around this is it's, is it's it, you go in and it's an experiment and it's a, let's see if we can do this right? It's always a, let's see if we can do this. It's always like a, listen, a lot of people try this and most of them fail, right? So I'm going to try it knowing that I'm going to try it knowing that not, I'm going to try it and go like, if I fail, I'm a total piece of crap and I don't deserve anything in life. And I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, no, Yeah. I knew this was hard going into it. I knew it wasn't going to just be a function of me trying hard. Yes. Right? That's how I think about online entrepreneurship. Because yeah, you can go grind out. You can go start a car detailing business and just go door to door and you could just start grinding stuff out. Right? Or my favorite example, our friend Wes, this older guy that Melissa met through uh, real estate stuff. He got, he got on hard luck and like things like fell apart and, and he just had a truck. And Melissa and Kenny, like our friends who run a real estate company were like, all right, listen, you've got a truck we'll hire you to, to take some like garbage and demolition stuff away. That started like three or four years ago and now he's got like multiple trucks and employees and stuff like that. And he's busy all the time. And we yeah. still call Wes. We put a pile of stuff in the garage. It's just like trash that doesn't fit in the garbage or just like crap that you need to purge because you're clearly living at a level that's irresponsible. Why do you have so much bullshit? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like why is there so much crap in my house? All right, get rid of it because it feels good. And now Wes comes and takes it right. The, the point being, he grounded, he just grinded it out. He found, and like, and there's people around him that that helped him do it. Now, that's a local business. He doesn't get any of his work online. You know what well, I mean? He doesn't Craigslist get or any of his probably. work online. It's a completely, uh, yeah, it's possible, but like, But for the most part, it's like word of mouth and then now he's getting hired on jobs because like construction companies need things taken out and they know about this guy Wes, right? And they like got a mess, call Wes. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) But, um, or you see his truck driving around town. The point being, like, there's this grind it out mentality, right? There's this, like, there's this, like, Jersey, East Coast, like, listen, dude, you just gotta hustle. You just gotta hustle harder. And Gary Vaynerchuk's sort of like a bastion of this. Meanwhile, the whole time he's building his business on solid business dynamics, right? It's, it got started with, like, all of this hustle and chutzpah and stuff like that. And his personality is clearly a driving force for that. But his personality is, like, insane around just creating this Media and doing all of this stuff. He like needs to do that. He like wants to be doing that, right? And he sees it as it's valuable for his business. He's not making his money from, from doing that stuff the way that he (laughs) is from his Vaynerchuk media stuff. Do you know what I mean? But it fuels both ways. And so he's running, he's doing, he's doing both the things. Anyways, I'm running off the deep end here. The point being, I don't want you to lose yourself into this. You gotta hustle, gotta hustle, gotta hustle stuff because there really is that other thing that you've heard a million times too. You don't work harder, work smarter not harder right work smarter not harder is another so we have cliches these true things on both sides of the spectrum so clearly it's going to be a balance of like of intelligence and some some elbow grease right and and I think that this is how we want to be balancing our mind and getting our mindset when we're thinking about doing a business that's why I say go into this knowing it might not work Going that knowing that it doesn't work for lots of people yes. but It's still worth trying, anyways. You know. Yeah,
1: and and it's not an indictment of you know your abilities as an entrepreneur if your first venture fails. Most people's first Mm -mm. venture fails, and that's part of the. That's just that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur. Every time we go to create a business, we don't have some like truth that nobody knows about. We can't see into the future. We just believe that there are people out there who have a problem or a need. And we can fill it in a way that they're willing to pay for. That's it. And then we go see if that's true or not. Yeah. And if you're smart, you come up with a, one of those hypothesis that you can test in short order so that you're not working on this thing for five years, especially when you're just getting started because there's so much you don't know about being an entrepreneur. So the first time out, you know, you just want to see if, Hey, can I make this thing and sell it to people? Will people buy this thing? and yeah. can I find out whether or
0: not that's true in the next six months instead of the next six years? <laughs> this is great. This is like Corbett and Chase just off-gassing. Like, after five <laughs> years of building a business together, and it's just like, all right, listen, change the way you think about doing business. Here's how you should be thinking you know go through our roadmap and you'll you'll start this stuff will start to be built into you it will just start we just hammer this into you in the fizzle roadmap we just get you to think like this because we have you running experiments and trying things and then bringing it back to the forums and going like how did it go and people are going like "Mm, not as good as i was hoping it would welcome welcome this is what it's like not as good as i was hoping it would pretty soon at one point you're going to have one that's like whoa what happened on why is this one different than that one? What yeah. happened on this one? Well, you learned something, sugar. You learned something about what your market or your customer or yourself, right? There's value that you can create like for me on my YouTube videos, right? Why is that blowing up? It's blowing up because of my personality. Uh, like that's an element in there. it's not the only element right yeah they also it's also like hey I need I need the facts about this bag I want to make a good purchasing decision, you know, but like one of the magic pieces in there is my personality like that's a weird thing for me like it's what my I've always dreamed of, but it's also it's a weird thing to kind of like just rest on and go like i need to keep doing me on these things so if i don't feel good about a bag i'm just gonna tell the truth about it even if i have a better partnership with them and i get paid more money on every bag i sell for them i'm like no dude i gotta i gotta like i'm like i'm getting paid to tell the truth you know and that's like a that can be like when there's money involved that's like a you gotta stay on your edge man you know yeah and so and somebody can look at that you know they can look at those
1: videos and and think you know wow that's that's amazing i'm i want to do something like that and not yeah. realize that this wasn't your first you know you can go back and look at older reviews and there's elements of yeah your you know your current approach but you didn't one day you know while you were working your job whatever your last job six or seven years ago go i'm gonna put out these youtube videos about bags yeah. and then poof yeah. you know the channel came out of nowhere it's taking you a long time to get your head around that and and like to try things out and yeah. figure out what's yeah, gonna yeah, work it's taking
0: it's taken years and years of search and, and the search juice started growing and all this other. So it's like, and, and it didn't start as a big grand strategy, right? This is, it's one of my favorite business examples right now because, um, it's just such a pure example of that, uh, like audience, like audience makes everything happen. Mm-hmm. When you have audience, you can find a way to make money with audience. You know what I mean? Not yeah. every audience, but with, with with this with one most, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, With a lot of them. So listen, and then one final point before we get into these things is like, yeah, it's hard. You know what it makes me think of is that one song, uh, I Hope You Dance Anyway. I don't know. It's some country song that's, I, I don't remember. I can't remember the melody, but it's like, I, I hope you dance, something like that. It reminded me also of, uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not getting confused with Jesus Take the Wheel, another great message for modern times. But the point being, like, I hope you dance anyways. Like, dude, you are not guaranteed success. And you are not guaranteed that this is going to work. I hope you dance anyways. You are not guaranteed that in a year's time, you're going to quit your job and be like living the life of your dreams. I hope you try it anyways. You are not it's It's difficult. It's challenging. A lot of people try and don't necessarily make it. I hope you try it anyways. If you feel that like little bit of wind in your sail, like that struggle against the freaking rat race and the bullshit that we have to put up with every day do you know what i mean just to survive in modern life that we're all like thr- cru- you know thrust into these cars doing our co- commutes and like living this completely inhumane life it's w- no wonder that you've got this little thing in your mind that's like dude we are wild we want to try stuff we want to do things we want to travel we want to we want to like live on our own terms a little bit and dude having a business that's successful enough funds that fuels that makes that possible and it is by far and away the reason why i do this stuff why i didn't know i was this is why i was getting so into entrepreneurship years and years and years ago but it is now i can live i can i like i'm about to leave with my family and we don't know when we're coming home (laughs) you know what i mean we're just going we're renting out our house for a while and we're just like we don't know what's gonna happen um and that is so exciting to my wife and i And to my kids, like, like, I'm just glad that I get to do that. Now, as a family, that's like a whole different ballgame, but that's what we're doing. It's exciting as like a young couple or as just an individual, like even more so, you have even more freedom to do this kind of stuff. And so I hope you dance anyways, even though it's going to be challenging, even though you're not guaranteed anything, even though you shouldn't expect anything but work, you should also expect you should expect this other thing too which is like it will be exhilarating it will be fun it will it can be it can be fun it can be like exploratory and it can be a discovery of yourself your world your people your earth and your universe all right so i hope you dance anyways now the point of this topic, of, or the topic of this conversation is, we're realistic ways that we can actually start building this business. We just got you juiced up for like how to, how to, like why to do an entrepreneurship thing, why to build your own business, why to keep going when, it, even when it gets tough, right? Why to, to start doing it even though you should know that you're not guaranteed success or results in the way that you want. Even still, I hope you dance, anyways. All right, so let's talk about some actual tactics for getting this stuff done, Corbett. What are the things like? What are let's get started talking about realistic tactics for building a business while we have a day job?
1: Yeah. So there are unique challenges, obviously, to building a business as a side project. You have a whole other life that you have to fulfill. You you have an employer who expects a lot from you. So the question Mm. is how. Are you realistically going to get this done? How yeah. are you going to build a business on the side while because you're there's working full time job? There's
0: so much to do. There's so
1: much to do, and 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 it's also so much about managing your energy levels and yeah. finding yeah. the times in the day when you can actually get this work done because there yeah. is a lot of work to be done and you probably can't afford to just completely drop the ball nor is that yeah. fair or ethical to drop the ball on your employer yeah. so how yeah. are you going to juggle both at the same time yeah and the first part of this is just it's just simple the reality is you have to find time during your week to carve out for your business and when when yep. is this going to happen you have to look at your schedule and think I have to fit some hours in and not just like an hour or two every week. I got to find some good, solid chunks of time to get this Mm -hmm. work done. And the reality is for most people, that's going to have to be evenings and weekends and maybe lunchtime. Or if Mm -hmm. you work evenings or weekends, then it's the time during the week when normally you'd be sleeping in or doing stuff around the house or hanging out with friends or watching TV or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you fill your time with right now you're going to have to swap some of that time out for working on your business. Yeah. And there's there's the famous you brought up Gary V earlier. There's this mm. famous Gary V video I love it for for motivating entrepreneurs. He he just starts yelling at people basically from the stage about how they whine about not having enough time and he said you know y- you complain about not having enough time and yet you know the plot to every episode of Lost for the past 3 years. <laughs> Stop watching. <laughs> yeah. This is the freaking a Web Lost
0: 2.0 summit. That's a classic old school Gary Vaynerchuk video. It really was. It was convicting at the time. I was, remember watching that.
1: It was cuz everybody watched Lost at that time and so now yeah. you could say Game of Thrones, right? Like yeah. There yeah. is something you, you may feel like I have no time. There's no way that I can work on this business, but if it's important enough, then you'll do the hard examination of your yeah. schedule and you'll say, you know what? I play words with friends for like two hours every night before I go to bed or I read yeah. books or I, you know, whatever it is that you do, you probably have some wasted time, some hobbies, And maybe there are things that you feel like are really important you spend time with family and so on, but you're probably going to have to carve into that so that you have a minimum of at least like five or 10 hours a week to work on your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something in there that's so important. It's this idea of, of managing your energy. You will have to manage your energy, right? Because I don't know if you've done this before, but you can work yourself sick. Corby, you ever worked yourself Mm. sick? Oh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like basically every entrepreneur has done it at some point. You can; it's possible to put yourself under so much um, under the load of so much responsibility and expectation, whether it's from other people or for just expectations you have of yourself, um, that you literally work yourself until you're sick. and And guess what happens when you're sick? You're not doing any work. (laughs) <laughs> like when you, yeah. when you like, and, and some of us get these like warning signs, like we'll break out in acne or we'll have like a weird, like lower back spasm or like something like that. And others of us just will have a complete like adrenal fatigue or just get, just get some like whatever, like some weak cold that's going around. We'll just get murdered by it. We'll just get totally laid out by it. And yeah. guess what happens then? What happens then is you catch up on lost in game of thrones and all this other crap because you are trying too hard you are you're selling what you don't yet have right this energy that you have it's a it's a balance it's a total balance and there is like a sacredness to it i mean i work that energy balance stuff from like uh like i've gotten way into like yoga and meditation and like shamanic medicines and like all this stuff because i've just been completely convinced because most of my life has been like one burnout after the next you know what I mean? One crappy job that I have to live in for a, a year and a half, just going like, "Why hate my life?" Like for years at a time, like just different jobs again and again and again, going like, "Why can't I just be satisfied? Why can't yeah. I just be happy?" And so it's this weird mix of of you got to be working on something that you you care about. I don't care if if it's going to save the world or not. You just have to care about it. You know, for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, what you have you to care say? about it, and you have to care about it, and you have to you have to be smart about you know recognizing when you're engaged and and when you're yeah.
0: ready to do the work right because that's literal energy yeah. that's like literally interest it's it, it, when we say and your energy i'm talking about interest i'm talking about you have energy just to do the thing you need to do right you have interest you have curiosity you have wonder these are the big sort of these are the big sort of energy like givers in your psyche right you can have, you can have for me at least i don't know maybe i'm painting the whole world that way for me curiosity and wonder are like oh my god i get i get so so much energy to do it but then there's this other thing that happens where it's like if people around me are like dude you're just you're just wanking off in your life or like dude you're letting me down if my wife's like dude you're letting me down my son's like you're letting me down right i'm letting a lot i've let a lot of people down throughout my life like i'm not afraid to let people down but the problem is that sometimes the truth is i don't actually want to be letting those people down right Mm -hmm. and i don't want to be letting me down letting me down would be like you know, faffing about, like watching more in really interesting documentaries where I'm learning so much when really it's like, dude, there's a business here that can actually support my family for like years and years and years to come. There's a level of security here that I, I want as well as, uh even though there's no such thing as like full-on security, but there's a level of security that's like, no, that feels like a solid amount of security in the midst of the sort of maelstrom that is this planet. But then there's also like, there's people on the other side, for instance, this might sound stupid to some people, but for every business I've been involved in, I have to find out what's the, what's the like spiritual reason why, I guess is one way I can say it. With the bags, it's like, what's the spiritual reason why someone is like from the customer's perspective? I'm looking for a bag because I want to go on a trip. I want to go enjoy something. I want to go through something in life. I want to have what I need when I need it. I want to like. I want my my life to feel like it makes more sense, more ordered and organized. I want it to like to feel good to use, right? So that's what I serve with my bag videos. That's like I have to remind myself and I have to have this process of getting myself in that customer mindset to go that's what i that's what i do there with fizzle it's like exactly what we talked about in the first half of this podcast it's everything we've been talking about dude it's amazing dude it's hard right and the, and the distance between those two, the delta there is where fizzle has been made for these online entrepreneurs or digital entrepreneurs. And so I, for, for years there, I had like a journaling practice where every day I would like, I would just write several lines about like, dude, these people are trying. They're trying to get through it. They don't have the same experience that I have. They don't have the same uh, the same like like level of technology maybe that I have. But I can help them bridge the gap on those things, right? And then it's like, all right, what course are we making? What's the thing that's on our schedule this week? What are we? in I would be able to get fired up and have motivation to do the things that need to be doing, even when there's such amazing documentaries out there, which would literally blow your mind, and they're amazing. You know, yeah. So. It- it it really it really almost comes down to the three little pigs story that you read your kid, right? <laughs> okay, how? How does it come down to the three little pigs? In what possible way?
1: Well, the first pig just builds his house out of straw and then has all this time to go play around, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And jokes on him because the wolf comes and blows it down and then the next one builds it <laughs> of, of mud or something, <laughs> yes, right? This
0: is so good, yeah. And
1: then the last one spends the effort to build a house out of stone and the wolf can't blow it down. So, you know, you, you have a choice to make now. Do you want to watch game of Thrones? Do you want to play words with friends? Do you want to spend all your nights out at the bar with friends? Uh, Or do you want to invest some of that time so that later You have this amazing life and you're able to travel and see the world and run a business doing something that you actually care about. Or do you want to end up being somebody who's, you know, 65 and 70 and still having to work and doing something and looking back on your career saying, like, I gave the best years and effort in my life to something that I could care less about. And I feel like I wasted
0: that opportunity. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's it. It is it, this energy management thing. It's the it, Like I've been able to talk about this and been personally interested in it for like I don't know, almost a decade now. Like if I look back and go like, well, all the things that I've been interested in in learning have all been around. Starting productivity, with. yeah managing your time managing your energy and and for a long time i didn't think about it in terms of like it's not time it's it's energy energy is what you do with the time it's your way it's how you bring yourself to this moment that you have to work so we're talking about being able to work on nights and weekends right so this is our first point you got to learn to work when you can work most of us that's nights and weekends well how do you show up in an evening after you've put your kids to bed or after you've done the things that you need to do um now it's like Every fiber in your body just goes like, dude, I want to relax because tomorrow I got to get up and do it all over again. I got to go through my job and I'm like, I'm all right with, but it kind of sucks. I got to do the commute. I got to listen to my podcast on the way. I got to whatever. I just got to get through another day. This is what every fiber in your body feels like doing. So how you bring yourself to your moments when you get to work, when you get to actually spend the time and the intention and the energy on the thing you're wanting to do, how you bring yourself to that moment is everything to me, how at least for me, how I bring myself to that. If I bring myself depleted and I have to crack the whip through a bunch of this yeah. dude, it's, it's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of the end for me. You know yeah, what I mean? and,
1: and, and maybe you recognize that after work, after dinner, after I put the kids to bed, I just don't have the right energy for it. So instead I'm going to call it a day and I'm going to get up an hour, two hours early before work. And that's when I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, you yeah. have to recognize when those opportunities are available for you to have the right level of energy and to be able to carve out enough time.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So this is our first point: is just knowing that you're going to have to work nights and weekends, and this the really big underlying point, which is which is one that you know most of us don't understand, and, and I don't think anybody understands completely how this how this how energy works how how because I think it's also connected to what really is truthfully because some things can turn you on in a way that's manic it's too high in the same way that earlier on in the show i had to like take a break and pull myself down because i got so excited about the chicken thing like i just got so (laughs) excited about the rubber chickens right and if i would have operated at that level i'd be dead by now in the show i had to be i would it would have been an exciting 15 minutes (laughs) but we'd be done you know so um Figuring out where that level of interest and that level of passion, that level of enthusiasm and and excitement gets like you almost want it just above baseline like just just barely in positive just the needles just slightly leaning towards positive because that's what makes me able to go like listen hold on if I can make my house out of brick and mortar and kind of have fun making it out of brick and mortar because I know once I'm done with this I'm done for forever do you know what I mean then it's like alright let's have fun I know it's not the funnest thing in the world and the guy over there who made his house out of straw he's running around rolling in the mud just just laughing it up having a good time but he does, he's not intelligent around the the real dangers that are in the world the way that financially you can like markets can shift and take a change and a product that's been selling really really good can just go away and all of a sudden you're back to square zero right and it's like i like having that helpful sense of fear (laughs) being being uh uh rightly traumatized by your environment in the same way that any of our ancestors growing up in our natural habitat would have been right it's like you have beasts that want to kill you nonstop, right you know and how you figure out how to manage that you're the man you're the protector the ladies got the the baby and, the, and the, the baby's got a nurse for years and years and years it's all this work and we're, we're protecting you know so that's where i think this entrepreneurial drive really comes from in a lot of a lot of men like just thinking biologically that way and now everybody gets to be a part of like owning their own destiny you know, you don't have to be a woman that just stays at home. You know, you, women could be whatever they want. It turns out gender wise, you can kind of be whatever you want to, <laughs> you know, you could go whichever way you want to go. So cool. Freedom, exponential possibility, but you're not entitled to anything. You're not entitled for it to be easy. You're not entitled for, for it to work. It actually takes a lot, a lot, a lot of, of understanding of luck, of, of experience and, and and in a lot of ways, um that thing that's like that's like really uh, really sort of the 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 villain in a lot of sense is that privilege I mean why am I and you so good at entrepreneurship stuff Why, why have we been able to do that Because Cor- Corbett, I had a computer when I was like you know in high school, you know we had our first computer, like maybe in I think the end of junior high or something like that, yeah, and I got into it. I think a lot of kids maybe had computers and never didn't get that into it. And they're like financial advisors and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> and, but I got into computers. Like I got really into computers and music and stuff like that. We can call that a privilege. It totally was, totally was. Yeah, but it's also um, pursuing your curiosity from a young totally. age, you know? And, and, and so you're pursuing your curiosity at the level that you're able to. It's like where this guy Rob Bell says, listen, here's what you have to do. You have to do what you know you have to do in the way that you can do it right now. That's it. That's everything. You have to do what you know you have to. So a sense of calling, almost vocation, almost yeah. of like interest, curiosity, pursuing your bliss, as Joseph Campbell says, you yep. have to do what you know you have to do in the way that you can right now. Right? A lot of people are going to go like, I'm going to change the world. Like a lot of people go to... <laughs> like the bane of my existence i love this place but i hate it so much too it's like world domination summit and they go there like i'm gonna change the world and they do it like with this intensity and this passion where it's like they're just forcing it they're forcing it. if it was love making they would be creepy and they are <laughs> creepy a lot of them are creepy because so they're just forcing like this this like I don't know this viscous emotional necessity onto everybody you know and the truth is there's another way of coming at it going like dude the world's in pain they're suffering I want to help I want to be a part and I'm going to do something valuable I'm going to do something important and valuable so how do I create value this is yeah. all point one, <laughs> which is, which is working <laughs> evenings and weekends. Let me talk about our sponsor first before we go on to the others. And we'll go a little bit faster on the others because some of these really need to get gotten through. They're good ideas. So we're going to give you some straight up realistic tactics and hopefully things that are going to help you get your stuff done when you also have a job because it's an, it, it's, it, there's a lot of work to get done. But first of all, this episode's brought to you by Fizzle what this episode's brought to you by fizzle corbett bar tell us about what fizzle is what fizzles about how people can get into it
1: oh here we are what 277 episodes into the show and Ooh. we're just now telling people about fizzle yeah you should Man. you should hear about this guys we've we've built up to it we really dropped it's the ball time yeah. We really dropped the ball on this in case you didn't know, this is The Fizzle Show. It's named that because Fizzle is a community, a training library, and coaching for people trying to build their thing online. If you have wanted to start yeah. a blog, start a mm-hmm. podcast, become a YouTuber, become a world-class coach, uh, sell your creations, build an online course. If you wanted to do something like that to try to help the world, serve an audience, and put some money in your pocket, then Fizzle is for you. We offer a complete all-in-one package, starting with the Fizzle Roadmap, which guides you step-by-step, a paint-by-numbers approach to help you understand how to build an online business. We offer coaching in the form of weekly sessions you can come to and talk to us. Ask us questions about what you're working on. We'll give you guidance. We have discussion forums where members are helping each other out. We have mastermind groups where people are being paired up into small peer groups to help one another out. And we have this vibrant course library with dozens and dozens of courses from experts that you probably know. People like Pat Flynn, who you mentioned earlier, people like John Lee Dumas, people like our own Chase Reeves and Steph Crowder and myself who are teaching the subjects that they know best to help you put as little effort and help you avoid the mistakes that we all made in the beginning so that when you're working evenings and weekends, so that when you're working a side project and a job at the same time, you have the best shot at succeeding that you possibly can. Mm. So over at fizzle.co slash try five, we have a special offer for you where you can get your first month and more for free on us and, uh, if you haven't started a free trial of fizzle, we hope that you'll join us over there. And, uh, when you do say hello, cause you'll find out that we're real people behind this and you're going to get an email from me right away. You're going to see that you get invited to uh weekly coaching opportunities and, um, get in there and, and let's start building these things together.
0: Love it. So fizzle.co slash try five. You get five weeks for free. That's like that's like you will know what it's like after five weeks. You'll be able to finish several courses. You'll be able to get started in the roadmap. Fizzle.co slash try five. Please be our guest and check it out. Okay, so we're talking about realistic tactics for building a business while you are working because there is a schnitzel ton of work that you need to get done, right? Like it's, you could work on your project for, sometimes like you're like okay i get i get every every tuesday from like two in the afternoon to five in the afternoon i'm gonna get that's where i'm gonna really get my chance to work on my thing well that's like three hours a week and sometimes you'll be trying to do a project and it takes like months of that and it can just drag on forever so one of the things that we really got to do when we are um I'm going to switch the order up on us here for a second, Corbett. Yeah. One of the things we really got to do is we have to have a operating system. Okay? Think about this. We call it an operating system. Your computer, your phone has an operating system. You've heard of iOS, the i operating System. I don't know what i <laughs> stands for, the iOperating System. It's the operating system of the phone. It's what allows all the apps to be functioning, working on that phone, right? Well, you as an entrepreneur, you need to install and upgrade your operating system. Now, this is where we do what I call work about work, all right? It's almost another way to think about it is we're going to talk about what we're going to work on, we're going to work on it, and then we're going to talk about what we worked on, Okay now on the Fizzle blog we have a uh, an article called Entrepreneurs why you need both a personal workflow And a company operating system. Okay. So we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. It's a great article that Barrett wrote for us a long time ago um, about our operating system at Fizzle that we've been developing and have worked on. And then personally, I've kind of gone through so many iterations of this, but Corbett, like what if there's, if there is one thing that's important about an operating system, what is it?
1: Well, to me, it defines how you get work done and mm. it evolves over time that's the yeah. important part so mm. you decide how you're going to set strategy figure out what you're going to work on how you're going to set aside time and remember what things need to get done and then how you're going to know whether or not that work is making progress towards mm-hmm. your goals yeah and you start out you know reading about it maybe read that article that Chase just mentioned maybe look into how other people manage their workload and their productivity And then try that system out and give it some time to work. Give it a few months and then judge whether or not that system is working for you, whether or not it works with your Mm. style, your energy, whether or not the tools that you're using are working appropriately. And keep track of that and evolve it over time. I'm constantly evolving, even though I've been doing this for 13 years. I just implemented a brand new system a couple of Mm. weeks ago for myself based Mm. on something called Objectives and Key Results, OKRs. This Mm. is something that I do frequently, maybe because it's not working as much anymore, or maybe because the operating system gets stale after a
0: while. Hold on. Can, I you, give me something like, what, can, can you give me like a gist of what, what the OKR thing is in, in like in like a second?
1: Yeah. OKRs is the system that uh, Google uses actually internally. Okay. And basically, what you do is every three months, every quarter, you define three to five objectives, things mm-hmm. that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then for each of those three to five, you define three to five objectives. Key results or things that you will do that will push the objective forward. Okay. So let's say, for example, I want to earn a thousand dollars this month from a podcast sponsor. So in order to achieve that, I know that I Mm -hmm. need to contact sponsors. I need to create a sponsorship page. And, um, you know, maybe I need to have a call with three other podcasters and find out how they booked their first sponsors. Okay.
0: Got it. So the insight there is like, is, is okay, so and I always feel like the hardest thing in the world is to figure out what is the actual. What's the key result I'm looking for? What's the what's the objective I actually should set right now? Because mm-hmm. I could go like, I want to start a blog. Okay, so that's a perfect place to start, right? Um, that then it's like, okay, so what do I need to have? Well, I need to have a blog up. I need to have a few blog posts. I need to have the ability to subscribe via email. Um, and that means I need to have a domain. I need to have WordPress installed. I need to, you know, you can kind of make the tree from there. Yep. But then there's another objective where it's like, I want to have a successful blog, <laughs> right? And then it's like, okay, so what? We got to actually get more clear on what does that mean right and and yep. which we where we're always going to coach you is go like no you want to be writing a post a week or you want to ha- you want to be committed to a publishing schedule and then it's like once you've got that going then it's like i want to i want my posts to be more popular all right then there's work we can do around that marketing work and promotion work around each of your posts and social media and stuff like that yep um Okay, great, so this idea about operating systems, the point here is this, that you need to have an intelligence about how you're working. There's a million ways to do this. The article that we wrote on Fizzle is really good. inside of fizzle as well steph's goals course is phenomenal and then my journaling course is super helpful as well mm-hmm. so there's 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 three unbelievable resources for you um to get into and honestly if you read that article if you took steph's goals course and like actually followed the thing it's only like a two session thing it's 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 really useful and then you did the journaling course as well and went through all that like you'd literally be a different person like cellularly you're you you will have like a, a lot of different cells in your body but but we're new people every 18 months or something right <laughs> yes but the actual way that you will look at your work and what you're trying to do next will have profoundly and fundamentally shifted so highly recommended on that front now we've talked about how we have to have an operating system our work about work you got to get this on lockdown the other thing that we got to do is we got to start breaking our work into smaller and smaller pieces of work okay we've got to focus on incredibly small bite sized doable pieces of projects Okay. So a great example of this would be um uh Hetty, instead of creating a successful course, like doing one group coaching four week session thing, right? Which we just did our last episode about. Episode or Fizzle 276. Fizzle Show 276 was about how a group program might be the right next step for your business and how to do one. So this it's a, what I love about doing a group program or something like that is you don't have to have everything prepared before you before you start selling it or getting people in the door. It's a way to start making a little bit of money. You don't have to charge very much for it because it's it's kind of a low-key thing. So people aren't like, you know, it's not cost prohibitive for people. It's a great way to start getting into realizing what is actually valuable in what you can offer people because that's what you're going to build your business around. Corbett, what else for you around the importance of starting incredibly small?
1: Well, we've we've spent a lot of time already today just talking about how difficult this is going to be and how you have to fit your time into the little nooks and crannies of your week. So it's crazy to embark on a project that's going to take five years to get done. And remember that every business always takes much longer than you think it's going to. That's just the nature of projects in general. Mm. So you might embark on something that you think is going to take six months and it ends up taking 18 months. That's how it goes. So you have to start incredibly small because you have very little time. It's really difficult to get this work done. Projects are going to take longer than you think they are. And we also said earlier that there is so much you need to learn about being an entrepreneur. And this business that you're trying to build isn't the be-all, end-all, You know, most amazing thing that you're ever going to do. This is a hypothesis that you have And you need to start small. Whether or not this is going to eventually grow into something massive, you can still start small. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And Mm -hmm. we don't want you to commit to having to walk a mile to understand your results when you could walk around the block and get some ideas, whether or not this business is for me, whether or not people are interested and so on. So define a very small focused goal for yourself to begin with.
0: Yeah, no, this is such a big point and it's a very delicate one as well. Cause for me, I, I I noticed that like if I am I, I'm breaking things into small chunks and I can do them I can just start checking them off the list but eventually if I don't sense that like it's all heading in the right direction or if I can't feel very clear about here's why we're going this way instead of that way because that way's starting to look kind of good to me now do you know what I mean this is where the operating system thing comes in where it's like it's not just knowing what to work on it's having a process of going oh, All right. Here's what we have been working on. And now we're talking about what we have been working on. And is it going the way we want it to be going? And what other opportunities are on the table? What goals are developing now that we maybe haven't already set or that might replace our existing goals? This kind of stuff is so vital to the early days of entrepreneurship because as we were talking before, It's your energy levels that are going to enable you to to put your effort and your work into this thing. And if you're just flogging the horse, if you're just cracking the whip, forcing yourself to go, 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 and do, 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 like it can your work just starts to get uninspired and it doesn't feel like it's going to grow an audience and it just doesn't grow an audience you know and so there's really is to me there's is this spirituality to entrepreneurship and to life because it's not entrepreneurship it's vocation it's calling it's uh it's like it's i don't know it's like it's finding your path through this incarnation right and and so because of all of that it's like this incredible invitation, and this cre- incredible challenge, and it's always right at the threshold of what you're capable of. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always challenging, and it's always exciting, and it's always interesting. And so searching for those feelings in the context of working towards things that that you know are important or valuable to you can help you immensely find that balance between I'm working on this, I'm really not feeling it, I feel like doing something like this would be would be better, oh, I'm gonna head into that direction, but I'm gonna do it in a structured way. And if I do that five times in a row, I'm gonna notice that I've just been flip-flopping I've just been like unwilling to commit to something. I'm just afraid of something. Something else is driving here that I don't know about, right? Which has certainly happened in my life. And I'll venture to say that it is happening in a lot of your lives, right? And so that's just one of those common things that happens with us in modern life now. It's like we don't actually know what we want. We don't actually know why. And it takes time to figure it out and we can work that out on this stuff. So, um, we've talked about how working nights and evenings and weekends and, uh, and I don't know if we mentioned this clearly there though. Like one of the, honestly, the biggest things for me is if someone would have just said, dude, you're not allowed to watch TV for three months. That's it. Like not even that. You don't have to work on your business. You're just not allowed to watch TV. You and your wife are not allowed to turn on the TV and just do that like finally put the kids down and relax You can read a book. You can do yoga. You can stretch. You can just talk with each other or you can maybe, you know, Pull out a piece of paper, start coming up with some ideas on something, but just cut out the TV or whatever your vice is, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if we mentioned that so much. But it goes back to that Gary Vaynerchuk point about like <laughs> you know, you know the plot of whatever show that you're falling you're in love with right now, you know. So we've talked about working evenings and weekends, we've talked about the importance of starting incredibly small. We've talked about the importance of your operating system, your work about work. We've talked about how you can go to fizzle.co slash try five to get a free five week trial of fizzle now now i want to get us into into four sort of challenging ones these ones are to me these ones are 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 ballsy i'll say I'll, i'll say ballsy right first one is this you could try going part time with your job okay let it sit, let it land for a little bit. I know a lot of people are just like, no, they can't even hear that. It's like so stressful to even think about. Right. But Corbett, why should people think about going part time with their job?
1: Well, I think a lot of us are afraid to ask for things. Right. And, and we assume we know what the answer is going to be, but that's not always the case. In fact, uh, in my, I mentioned the last job that I worked was way back in 2005 or so. Uh, I actually ended up going part-time that job. I had worked on a side project for a good nine months or so. It seemed like it was going somewhere, and I needed more time to spend on it, to really dedicate to it. I had done all that I could on weekends and evenings. And so I asked my boss. I said, you know, I think that I can continue to work on the project that I'm doing here at uh, at work, and I can do a good job, but I really need to step back a little bit and work like 20 hours a week. And uh to my pleasure, the answer was yes. And so I was able to go part-time. And I'm not saying that everybody can do that, obviously, but I think a lot of people won't even bother asking because they're yeah. afraid to broach that subject or or they're afraid of letting their boss know that they're working on a side project or whatever. But the reality is, if you're serious about this business, eventually your boss is going to know about it. Eventually, you have to do this, uh, yep. whether you go part-time or you're going to quit eventually. So, uh, you know, I think there are options for still being able to earn a living and doing this in a smart way where you don't just say, well, I'm, I'm quitting before I have, you know, proof that this business is going to work. You Mm. can actually scale back a little bit and kind of get the best of both worlds in some Mm. cases.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's scary, right? But it's, it's interesting. Okay. So start thinking about that. What about, what about this one? Uh, what about actually, Changing your job and going to find a better job. Better in what way? Corbett, tell us why this is an option today that might not have been an option for many of us like a year or two ago.
1: Yeah, I just read uh last week that a record number of people are leaving their jobs for other jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're in an incredibly tight labor market. Employment, unemployment is very low right now, and employers are struggling. They're competing for good people. Mm -hmm. So people have options out there. You can jump ship and go somewhere else. And the classic reason that someone would jump ship is probably for better opportunity. They're looking for a job that, you know, they get to work on something that they care about and so on. And also a lot of people jump ship just to make more money, right? Yeah. But if you're thinking about building a business, what I would encourage you to do is not to jump on the first thing that comes up that's going to pay you a ton of money, but instead to look at a quote unquote better job. Better meaning they have more, you have more room, more mental room to spend on working on your side projects so that this new job doesn't own you in the way that your current job might so that you're able to work a reasonable number of hours. You're able to take ample time off. Maybe they have opportunities for sabbaticals and things like that. And you can leave work at work so mm. that when you have those evenings and weekends, you're able to get some good focused time in on your side project.
0: Yeah, totally. It's like what I'm always telling the women who approach me at bars and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, Clearly you're just going for the hottest guy in here. Mm-hmm. You need to be thinking is this a potential like lifetime partner, right? And I and yeah. and you know, you could tell by my long hair and my general go with the flow attitude that no, actually I probably wouldn't be. I mean my my genes are <laughs> strong. My <laughs> genes are I mean anybody would be lucky to to be able to to commingle with my genes. Um, however, I do I'm, I'm constantly telling a lot of older women actually that like hey listen you know, you need to be thinking about about the project beyond of your the pretty package and, Look beyond and the see, pretty package and see how
1: challenging it might be to live with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, but the, the point is, is, is actually an important one. Like like thinking about a job not as like something that's going to be the next ten years of your life, but the next year and a half or two or three years or maybe five years while you're building your business on the side is a very interesting thing to go like, and, and to go like, listen, I'm valuable at this for your yeah. business. for I'm good at this. Uh, you won't have to worry about this when I'm in the, at the helm. And in exchange, I want this and this and this, you know? And, you know, this was an important step for me. I was in
1: kind of an extreme situation where the job that I had prior to my, my second to last job was it involved travel and working 60-hour weeks, and it was just a nightmare job. But I, I left that for... What for me was a better job. It didn't necessarily pay a whole lot more, but it just allowed me to live where I li- work where I lived instead of having to travel. I pretty much clocked in at nine and checked out at five or six, like mm-hmm. a regular person. Yeah. And that gave me so much freedom to start pursuing a side
0: project. I, I wouldn't have gotten my first business off the ground if yeah. not for that job. Yeah. All right. So listen, this is finding a better job. I, I, Corbett came at me with those stats and I was like, dang, that's crazy that now is maybe one of the better times to be looking for that than, uh, than we've had in the last lots of years. So, um, it might be a little, you know, it might be a little, I don't know, a little nudge for some of you to try looking. What's great about that is you can get more freedom, more of a, of a lifestyle that you, that you want to be having. It takes some of the pressure off of, uh, like, you know, it's hard to leave a job. It's just hard to think about doing everything new when you're, like Alan Watts says, sometimes to become who you really are, you have to let go of who you were. And that is tough to do when you've got a boss that's depending on you and all these people with all these expectations on you and you don't want to be the bad guy or gal. And it's, it's a lot, of, It it asks a lot of people to think about that. But hey, this is your life. And you get to take the reins, you know?
1: Yeah, you have to You have to make the mental shift from your career being your life and your identity to your career being a means to an end. It's a thing that puts money in your bank account so that you can build the business that you're really
0: meaning to run. Yeah. Okay, now we've got two more. Um, one for people who are in a, a life kind of partnership with someone else, like a marriage or something like that, and one for everybody. So the first one is, here's an idea. What if you work with your spouse or partner and you guys cut back and you decide to live on one person's income for a year or some set amount of time, right? Now this is fraught. To me, this is very fraught depending on what that one person's income is. Just because if you've never worked for yourself before, there is about 12 to 24 months of learning just how to do it. You know, right. of learning just how to wake up and go like, "Oh, nobody's saying anything to me today about what I need to do. It's all up to me." This is why it works really well with the next point that we'll, we'll mention, but there's a there's a challenge. However, it is not insurmountable. It is like and some of you would be like, would love to rise to that occasion, you know, would love to feel that freedom and be like, dude, I can do it. Put me in the coach game. I'm ready to put me in the coach, put me in the coach game, put me in the game, coach. I'm <laughs> put ready me in to the play. coach game, put me in the coach game. All right, guys, welcome to the coach game today. Uh We've got a lot of coaches and then the players on the side, just rooting them on. So uh living on one person's income for a year, Corbett, did you guys ever do that? Do you know someone who has? Well, uh you know,
1: my wife, like many people went to grad school and she didn't work while she was doing that. We relied on my income at that time. Uh, And, uh, and, and that's, that's a great option. You know, I think that's pretty common. You think of people who, uh, you know, we all have friends who have gone back to school for some reason to become a nurse or whatever. In our case, we happen to know a lot of nurses. Yeah. Um, But, I think you have to look at this as an investment similar to that. You know, it's funny that we all spend, not all of us, but a lot of us spend like four or five years in undergrad and maybe a couple of years in grad school. And we think nothing of that, right? Spending four to seven years of our life in school so that we can get a, not always guaranteed career, especially in the case of undergrad, it's like you get done with spending how much hundreds, mm-hmm. maybe of thousands of dollars and four years of your life to get out and not even have a guarantee that you're going to get a job. And yet spending, you know, six months or a year working on a business seems crazy to us. And I don't understand why that is. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think just look at it in the same way as an investment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and my, my wife and I were we sort of switched roles back and forth on that one, where she for a long time was the principal breadwinner when she was in real estate, um, but I was always contributing in some ways. But it, there was a lot of it was like longer term vision stuff, right? And now it's shifted a bit, and I'm I'm kind of providing the breadwinning stuff, uh, and and she's building a, a new thing, and and uh, being able to do that is really killer. Mhm it's what i think is a is the best part about it is getting into that shared space with your spouse or partner and going being able to 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 find what level of security feels like freedom still do you know what i mean like finding like and and doing life really together is exciting and and it's something that like i've known i've always been like more private more on my own kind of thing but learning how to do it really together is is inspiring because like, well, I make less mistakes, you know, when, when when I involve, when I involve my wife in things, I just make less egregious errors, you know? Yeah. She's like the bowling bumpers. She's the bowling bumpers for me. And I love to bump it. If you know what I mean, Corbett. All right. Mm. Now the final one is for all of us. And listen, you might have All heard of us. this one before. All of us, not just not
1: just beginners, not just part-timers, yeah. like even even you and I, even us.
0: Like I'm just thinking about it now. Listen, if you do one of the following two things, it will it has potential to drastically improve the amount of output and productivity that you get done in every single day, and when you add those up every week, every month, of productive days, it can literally be a, a a a fundamental, a categorical shift for your business. You can like lit, you can leap over entire classes of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can just get to whole new levels when you work when you learn how to tap into your actual productive uh, uh, output. And the point, the the tip here is this: you either hire a coach. For those of us who have money to do that, a coach, a good coach, can keep us going, can push us, can get us past our own BS, can get us out actually into the world doing things that actually matter and keep us doing it. Um, so you can hire a coach or you can join a mastermind group. Okay, now if you're unfamiliar with the mastermind group, it's just a group of people who all have uh, a similar kind of goal. Like I want to be an entrepreneur or, uh, and they might be completely different businesses, but we all have the struggle of like every day waking up and going, what am I supposed to do today? Or what did I want to get done? Where were my key objectives and my key results, right? Um, so hiring a coach or joining a mastermind group, these are like, and they sound to me, dude, they sound like chores. They sound like the worst thing in the world to me. They sound like chores, but I know now. I've seen how I've seen how I'm my own worst enemy. Do you know what I mean? I've seen now how it's like, dude, I'm the reason why I'm not further than I am. It's not the market. It's not like the technology. It's not like it's not like how my dad loved me. It's me. <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like it's actually challenging to do the things we're we're doing and so employing that kind of support either in a coach or a mastermind group and mastermind groups vast majority that's all free it's all free you just got to find a group of like-minded people to get in with and that's hard to do that's why we have fizzle you start creating community there you can create your own or we have mastermind placement inside of fizzle which we do occasionally we do a few times a year do we have a regular schedule on that yet corbett we just did
1: one uh, about four weeks ago, so the next one will be uh, two months from now. But that's perfect timing to get into to Fizzle now and yeah. uh, be ready for when that comes up again.
0: Yeah. Okay, guys, so listen. This was a bunch of tips and tactics and tricks on how to actually build a business. Realistic stuff for how to actually build a business when you have a day job, right? How to actually do it because there's so much to do and you're your own worst enemy in this this thing but you can do it and it's freaking life-changing when you do right and it's a process it takes time and it takes luck but it also takes effort and like sort of insight and intelligence as you're going and most of us are intelligent enough to get this if we can find out if we can figure out what we're I mean I don't know most of us are intelligent enough most of the people that I see uh, you know in fizzle most of the people that I talk to most of the like it's like no like you don't need to be a genius to do this right Corbett you don't need to be a genius it's like you need to know what matters you need to know what is what people buy things for you need to know why you buy things you need to start becoming like a little uh, student of yourself and the markets that like the marketing that works on you there's a, lot of, there's a lot of steps, and uh, honestly, the Fizzle Roadmap is still one of the best resources I've ever seen out there for all of them, right? All of the steps for the getting to traction from, like, I don't have an idea to I have an idea to I'm putting things together to I'm launching a thing to, like, now I'm going through the first iteration to now I'm, like, trying to get it out to a wider audience to now I'm trying to get to traction to now I'm trying to figure out what's next. Like, all of those steps, it's like, all of them are, are, are covered in the roadmap. That's fast. I mean, it's like you just literally strap in and have the discipline to do it, and it'll change your life. But here's the thing. Most people don't have the discipline to do it. Most people don't have the discipline to do it, Corbett. That's just the way of the game. That's just the way of the game. That's just the game way. <laughs> That's the coach game. Put me in the coach game. All right, guys, that is episode uh, 277 of the Fizzle Show, Corbett. I thought that was a good one. Maybe oh. we should uh, maybe we should put Steph on vacation more often.
1: Yeah, get this out of here, Steph. This is fun. <laughs> we don't need your expert podcasting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say another word or... Uh, nope, like that it. was it. So fizzleshow.co slash 277 is where you can find all the show notes and links for this episode. That's fizzleshow.co slash 277. Again, thanks to Fizzle for supporting this episode. Go to fizzle.co slash try five to get five weeks of Fizzle for free. Thank you for listening. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.